Good morning, and welcome to Camarillo Community Church, and happy Mother's Day. We're so excited that you're here to join us for the gathering this morning. My name's Elaine Francisco. I'm the Director of Early Childhood Ministries, and I'm joined by Sarah Cordova, the Director of Kindergarten through Third Grade Ministries. And I'm also joined on the stage today with some pretty awesome families. And today is a special day because it's Mother's Day, and we're going to dedicate children. And dedication is a little bit different than baptism in that it's a time for the parents to ask the congregation, our church family, and to ask uh, the Father in heaven to bless them as they raise their children so that, that someday they will grow up to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So I would love to introduce these amazing families to you. And we're going to start right over here with the Fraser family. This is Tanner, Trapper, Trapper, and Ellie. Yeah. And their family's in Florida. So if you look right there and wave... Can you wave? Say, say hi, Grandma and Grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> so we're so excited to dedicate your children today. And this is the Fraser family. We have Lillian. Oh, I'm sorry. This is the Margaton family. We have Lillian, and we have Travis, and we have Grady right there and he's looking at himself on the on the screen <laughs> we're excited to welcome you and here we have the Zacharias family we have Allison Grace and then there, her parents Anthony and Stephanie and her big sister Madison wow beautiful family here we have Haley Pollen and she is dedicating her two daughters Autumn Grace and Aubrey Brooke Audrey Brooke sorry hi guys and we have a very special guest named Piper right here. Piper is three months old, and this is Steve and Lysel, and big brother Samuel, and little sister Anna. And today we're going to be dedicating Piper. And we have, there you go. And this family right here has a lot of big brothers and sisters. We have Excel and Grateful and flourish and today we're dedicating marvelous and daddy beltram and mommy gloria we're so excited to dedicate you so special and right here we have let me come up this way we have megan and kenneth who both grew up at cam cc and faith and ethan and today we're dedicating kinsley yay <laughs> All right, and we have the Rivera family. We have Philip Sebastian Rivera, who is two months old and quite adorable. And his parents, Daniel and Cindy, and his big brother, Daniel. Can you give a wave, Daniel? Hey, Daniel. And here we have the Hutchins family. We have Elizabeth Hutchins, who is six years old and a ton of fun, and Denton, who is 19 months, and their parents, Brian and Yachen Hutchins. Here we have the Lair family, and they are a blessing to our church. We have Joey. Give us a wave. Joey, Victoria, Lucy, Aria, and their parents David and Jen, and their siblings Aubrey, Trinity, Patrick, and Amelia, and those who aren't here, Ellie and David. So right now, we'd ask that you raise your hands towards our families. It's our time to pray for them. It's also a time for us to say, hey, we're here for you. We're here for you when you go through the hard times, when you go through the good times. We want to be here for you. So let's raise our hands and let's pray for our families. Father God, thank you so much for the Fraser family. Thank you for Trapper. Thank you for Ellie. Thank you for blessing them, Lord. 
and for creating them and placing them in an amazing home. We ask that you would bless them and follow with them all of their life, Father God. Help them to come and to know you as their Lord and Savior. And Father, we thank you for the Margitin family. Thank you for Travis and Grady and Lillian. Thank you for their joy and enthusiasm for you, Father God. Thank you that you've created them and you have special plans for their life. Will you bless them all the days of their lives, Father? And God, we thank you for the Zacharias family. We lift them up to you, God. We say that they are your family. As they commit to following you, would their daughters do the same? Would you be an example to them as they're an example to their daughters? We thank you as well for the Pollen family, these three beautiful women. Um, we thank you for Autumn and Audrey. As they grow up, would they model after um, their mother, Haley, as she models after you, God? We thank you for each of these families. We pray a blessing over them, and we ask that as a church, that we would walk alongside them as they dedicate their children to you. Father God, I just thank you so much for Sweet Piper. Lord Jesus, thank you for creating her and loving her. Thank you for the plans that you have for her life. I ask that you would bless her family as they raise her. Bless her brother and sister, bless her mom and dad, and provide them with all the resources they need to provide for her needs. And Lord, I lift up our sweet, our sweet, sweet, marvelous Lord. Thank you for her life. Thank you for blessing her with brothers and a sister and Bethram and glory, Lord, as they seek to raise this family of children to know and love you. Would you bless them? Would you provide for all of their needs and help them to know that you have good, good plans for their life? And Father, I lift up Kenneth and Megan. What an amazing journey to watch them grow up in this church and now see their children growing up. Father, I thank you for faith in Ethan, big brother and big sister. And now, Lord, we thank you so much for Kinsley, Lord. Would you bless her? Would you help her to grow up knowing you as her Lord and Savior? Thank you, Father. And we lift up the Rivera family. We're thankful for Daniel and Cindy and their guidance to Daniel and Philip. We ask that as they continue to invest in their children, that the church would gather around them and invest in them as well. That they may grow up to continue to follow you, chase after you wholeheartedly. We thank you as well for the Hutchins family. We're thankful for Elizabeth and her joy, her excitement, and her, her knowledge of the word. We're thankful for Denton and the little brother he gets to be. Um, we ask that you would cover them and bless them as they follow you wherever you lead them, God. We thank you for the Lair family and their many joyful and abundant personalities. We think we're thankful for each of them, that you've made them each unique, and um, they're loved by you, God. We pray a blessing over Joey and Victoria and Lucy and Aria today, um, and that as they grow up to follow you, that they would set an example to their older siblings, and their, their older siblings would do the same to them, God. We're thankful for this family and their, the blessing they are to the church. God, we are thankful for each person here, each child on stage, and we as a church trust them to you, and we dedicate um, them to you, that they may grow in the knowledge um, of your goodness and your kindness. We love you. Amen. Amen. Good morning, Camp CC. Just want to take a mo moment to welcome you this morning. And maybe if we've grown a little bit complacent in our faith, our prayer this morning will be that God would rattle our faith. If you're with me, say amen. Saturday was silent, surely it was through. Since when is impossible, every stop to you. Friday's disappointment, Sunday's 
empty tomb Since when is impossible Ever stop to you This is the sound of the dry bones rattling This is the praise make the dead man walk again Open the grave, I'm coming out I'm gonna live, gonna live again This is the sound of the dry bones rattling something new You're not gonna run out of miracles anytime soon Resurrection Resurrection power Words of my face too I believe there's another Are you excited about Mother's Day? Would you bring her breakfast in bed while she's in bed? No, you wouldn't? You do like breakfast in bed? We don't make our breakfast in our bed. Does your mommy have a job? Yeah. What does she do? 
but I haven't seen her do it. At this church, she sings in this panel, and she sings and does what? Panel. Panel. Yeah. What is she that? She plays the cute. Oh, piano. Um, does mommy have a job? No. No. So what does she do all day? She gets her teeth brushed. She gets her teeth brushed? And brushes her hair. Lay down on her bed and watch her phone. Sometimes she stays in bed until the afternoon. Is there anything that she says a lot? Okay. Go get me food. Go get me food? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> go outside, go in the closet, go to bed. Go in the closet? Mostly get out of the house. What's something that your mom does really, really good? She does really good cartwheels. Can you do a cartwheel? Yeah. Yeah? Did she teach you how to do one? No. Pay? Pay? Mm-hmm. Pay for what? Oh, pay for Starbucks. What is your mommy's favorite thing to eat? Banana bread. I think it's broccoli. Does she like pancakes? Yeah. Yes? I like pancakes. Everybody loves pancakes. But she likes Taco Bell the most. Favorite place to go? Peeking in. Peeking in? Your mom's favorite place to go is your own restaurant? Yeah. Um, laser tag. Does she have a favorite place to go? Target. Is your mom silly? No. Like a little silly? I'll never be silly. She's not silly? No. Last year she said, oh my cheese and crackers. How silly is your mom? Not silly. Really? She's not silly? No. She's very serious? Yes. Okay. Are you silly? No. How do you know mommy loves you? Because she always says it. She gives me hugs and kiss. She very loves me. She tells me that. To the moon and back. To the moon and back? She has a song that she sings to me about me. Can you share the song? Yep. Why do you love your mom? Because she's nice to me. Because she takes me to school. Because she's my mom. It's a special thing for me. Because she cares for me. Because she's my mom. Comforts me when I get hurt. Because she's the best mommy in the world. Do you have a song for her too? No. No. I'm still thinking of one every single day. Excited for Mother's Day? Yes. You look really excited about Mother's Day. Thank you for letting us borrow your children for that film. And thank you, Kelly, for putting up with it. I don't know how many hours it took to get that, but they do stay the funniest things, and it's wonderful to have you. Happy Mother's Day to you all. We're so glad that you're with us. Yeah, you can clap for your wives and mothers and parents. Absolutely. Uh, we are so glad that you're with us this morning. We've tried to make sure that every woman leaves today feeling honored. And so uh, to that effect, when you leave after our gathering today, we have tea and crumpets. Actually, I don't know what crumpets are. We have tea and pastries 
uh, for you, and it's only for you. Like your husbands don't get it, your kids don't get it. It's just for you. Please avail yourself of that. Our ladies in the office have worked super hard to make a super nice little backdrop for pictures with a chair for mom to sit in and lights and everything. Please don't leave without taking a picture with your family dressed up together to remark this occasion together. And maybe you can, you can hashtag CamCC on it so we can see it on your socials as well. But we are so excited that you are with us. Uh, so excited that you came uh, with us uh, on, on Mother's Day. And we just want to make sure that it's a special, special morning for you all. There's something special that happens between a mother and her child during that gestation period, the time where the child is in the womb. It is like mystical. It is, it is spiritual. It is soul-deep connection. And it's what makes the mama bear come out that us men are like, wow, don't mess with her cubs, right? And to that vein, this month we've tried to make sure that we're going to fight for children. And so we've decided to do a Zoe initiative that we've been promoting. We'll be promoting this whole month. Uh, different ways to be involved. One is we're trying to get a van to Zoe who will restore children who've been human trafficked and, uh, and restore them and restore their childhoods. And so we're trying to raise money for that. We're raising money in gift card formats for these uh, Zoe staff who will go and become kind of mentors to these girls as they uh, become restored into regular life and hopefully back off the streets. And so we're doing that as well. And one thing that I haven't mentioned yet that I really wanted to kind of chime in on today is the prayer effort behind this whole thing. Uh, we've done nothing like this before. It's the first time we've done an initiative with this conservative of a prayer effort. If you go on our website and you find the Zoe initiative on our website, you can scroll down to a place where you're actually able to submit your phone number to receive text messages this month. You'll receive one text message a day, usually around 6 a.m. in the morning. I just did it myself last week. And it'll hit you a, a, prayer, a, a message to say, pray for this today. It takes 30 to 60 seconds to pray. But how many of you know if we have 500 of us praying that the hound of heaven will do something about this issue? We'd love for you to join us. Very simple way. Supply your, your, uh, your phone number. We'll text you only this month every day at 6 a.m. and you can pray. We're also meeting together on Mondays. I hope you'll join me at 6.30 in the music room. We're gonna pray together over this issue. And then on May 21st, we're gonna have a 24 hours of prayer. You can sign up for a slot, a 20-minute slot in your day. What, you don't have to be anywhere, you don't have to go anywhere. I'm just gonna devote this 20-minute period to pray over this issue of human trafficking of our babies right here in Los Angeles. I mention all that because we're going to have a little video a little later on, and those of you here, here last week have seen it, but it can be a little sensitive in nature. Some families will think that's fine, no problem at all, and some families think, boy, that was a little bit more than I was expecting. And certainly avail yourselves of the children's ministries if that's uh, something that you're concerned about. But we're excited for you to be here. We want to fight for our children. We love the mama bears inside of you. And then lastly, I would just say, Mother's Day, we think of family, we come to church together as a family. And later this month, uh, uh, Memorial Day weekend, we're going camping as a family, as a church family. And you husbands who are out there who know your wives love camping and love that she wants the foster community and the family, you need to sign your family up for this. We have several families already signed up. Uh, it's quickly filling up. There's still spots available for you. And I'll tell you this, you can't find a spot in California right now for Memorial Day to go camping, but we have spots. And we will even sell them to you cheaper than you would get it in a California state park. And so you want to be a part of this with us. But I want to make sure and let you know that Memorial Day weekend we will not be having 
on-campus uh, gathering together. We'll have a pre-recorded message and a pre-recorded worship that we will stream online for those who can't make it camping with us. But if you can, we would love to see you there. But to facilitate that, we're not actually going to be meeting on campus that weekend. And so if you're coming with us camping, we'll have something special of a spiritual nature while you're there camping with us. But you're going to want to be part of that. Come be a part of it. Bring wives, bring mothers to celebrate the family together. With that, I'd ask you to stand up. Let's worship together and don't leave today without being, feeling honored on Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Let's sing of the joy of the Lord, church, that he dwells in us as we are his temple, his house.
his name. We proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all people. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. We're gonna sing this this morning. Who else would rise cry out to to shine
She's young, she's pregnant, and people are asking questions. You might think that you might be able to sympathize or empathize with her situation being a young woman who's pregnant out of wedlock, but you can't exactly understand. You see, in her day, that storyline could lead you to be stoned. It was a good day when all you got was the rolling of the eyes, the, 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 the snickering under your breath, or maybe even a passive-aggressive word. The worst days were the ones where it was open ridicule, direct verbal assaults, like rhythmic lines following a judgmental cadence in a poem entitled Condemnation. This is her life. Whenever she walked down the road, the, the, the crowds apart like seas, no one to befriend, no one to be kind, no one to connect with, no one to associate with. When her child would go out and come back and come home, he'd tell stories about how he was teased as being the illegitimate child and she was the illegitimate mother. They were the illegitimate family. You can imagine her prayer life God, all I wanted to do was honor you with my life. All I ever wanted to do was follow you and, and, and do whatever it is you want me to do in this life. And I took this divine assignment, and this is now my reputation. Is there any way, any way at all that you could validate me, uh, authenticate me, so that when I walk around, I can take this letter off my chest, this scarlet letter off my chest? Her betrothed to be, her her engaged partner even needed a vision from God to stay in this story. Like even he was thinking about leaving the story. And while she was grateful that he, she was validated, at least in his eyes, she begged and pleaded for God, can you validate me to the rest of the world? Can you do what you did in my betrothed, my engaged partner, and, and do that for the greater community as a whole? So the Nonverbal negativity and the verbal negativity could subside. She would receive some kind of validation, maybe not the kind that she was expecting. She could remember it like yesterday. She was sitting in this podunk little house with a baby who had just been born, and these guys came back. They, they weren't emailed, there wasn't a telegram, they certainly weren't cell phone. I don't even know how they got here, but they got here, and they said they were sent by God. Like God sent us to you, told us that when we found you, there would be a baby, and there the baby was in the manger. And he told us certain things about this child. Like he would be the Savior, the Christ who is the Lord. And you can imagine as she's sitting there hearing this voice off of these people who had spoken to God. She thinks to herself, there it is. There's the validation that I need. Can you have these guys tell everybody else what they just said? My baby is going to be the Savior, the Christ, who is Lord. Everybody heard that I could take the scarlet letter off my chest and not live this illegitimate life. There's only one problem with that idea, and that is that they were shepherds. Nobody listens to shepherds. They're the lowest rung on the earth. They're, they're the drudges of society. They, 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 nobody thinks them as wise people. Nobody listens to them. Nobody says, let's follow the wisdom coming out of a shepherd's mouth. It, it'd be like having somebody on death row validate you. Who's going to listen? 
No one's going to listen. No one's going to care what they say. But still, she remembered and treasured those words in her heart. Her boy was going to be the Savior, the Christ who is the Lord. It's almost as though she hit the record button in her mind as they said it so she could remember it over and over and guarded it in her heart, treasured it with all that she has. My boy, we the Savior, the Christ who is the Lord. You know, there's another time in her life where she would treasure words in her heart. There's another time in her life where she would hit the record button of her mind and remember what's going on in her heart. It's another time, years later, this point, the boy was 12 years old. And as any devout family would, uh, they would go from their home to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. Three times a year, you would make the trek to Jerusalem for festivities. But it, most importantly, you would definitely head for Passover. That was the one you could not miss. And here we're going from Nazareth to Jerusalem, 65 miles from point A to point B. It's a trek that she's made before. It's a trek that she's made with her husband before. It's a trek that her son's made with them before. 65 miles, it's not a chore. It's a wonderful privilege to worship God. Some families wouldn't even make the trek directly from Nazareth to Jerusalem. Some families would instead go around Samaria because they didn't want their feet to touch unclean land on their way to worship God. And if they did that, that would be 85 to 90 miles. Now you think 65 to 90 miles, one and a half, two hours on, in a car on a freeway with no traffic. Only problem was there were no cars. There was no freeways. There certainly wasn't any automotive traffic. This is all done by foot. But not a chore for them. Ah, excitement to go and walk five to seven days to get to Jerusalem to worship God. Like any other year, they've done it every year. They know exactly what to expect. They walk up to the temple. The first court they see is the court of Gentiles. They walk through that court and go to the court, to the court of women where she would be there with her son and she waited. As her husband would go to the third court, the court of Israel, and he would represent them in a sacrifice. That sacrifice would be done and they would come leaving knowing that they had been forgiven of their sins for another year. And then they would make their trek back home again, 60 to 95 miles away five to seven days in a joy to worship their God. But this time it would be different. This time it would be so different. Because on the way home they realized he wasn't there with them. Somehow it took them 24 hours to realize he's not there. Finally they go through all their friends and associates and can't find the sign to turn back to Jerusalem to find him. And when they find him, mother to a son, heart palpitating and all, nervousness, excitement because you're alive, but furious and frustration that you would allow me to go through this without communicating. Why in the world would you do this to us? And the boy responds in a way that can only be described as having like an adolescent moment. With that as a setup, I would like to take you to the passage of what is happening on this occasion where they go to worship God um, on the Passover. Let's see what unfolds. You see, today we're gonna look at the role of motherhood through the eyes of the mother who raised Jesus. How was her experience similar to ours and what is ironically similar centuries apart? What kind of 
adolescent was Jesus, and how did that complicate matters for his parents? How was it in rearing Jesus? How did that complicate things? And how was rearing Jesus surprising? For that, we're going to be in your Bibles in Luke chapter 8. I encourage you to open your Bible today. If you're new to us, we love the Word of God. We, we teach it all the time. You need to get yourself a copy. If you don't have a copy, we'd like to give you your first copy. Before you leave today on the left-hand side in the lobby, please tell them. Pastor Dave says I can have a Bible. It's true. You can have one. They'll give you one, and they'll even give you a coupon to put your name on it as well at the local Christian bookstore. So please do that with us. If you have your phone and you're able to get to Luke chapter 8, we're going to be looking at verses 41 through 52 today. Uh, Luke chapter 8, verses 41 through 52. Overarching question today is, how has the experience of motherhood remained consistent over the centuries? Like, wh- how is it, is it possible that anything remains consistent, consistent over centuries' time? And it seems like it is. How has the experience of motherhood remained consistent over the centuries? And what we're going to find is that adolescence is distressing. Have you noticed? Some of you might be in that phase right now. Uh, Going through the adolescent phase, a boy becomes man, a girl becomes woman, that can be distressing at times. There can be situations where that can be kind of stressful. And we're going to see that as we continue in this story that we opened with. Starting in verse 41, it's on the screens if you don't have a Bible, it says this. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of Passover. And when he was 12 years old, you might want to circle that, that's an important detail. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to the custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it, but supposing him to be in the group that they were, uh, they went a day's journey And they began searching for him among the relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. After how many days? After three days, they found him in the temple. Um, If that happens today, you're going to get a call to CPS. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in what? Great distress. Now here's his adolescent moment. Actually, we're going to stop there. Sorry. (laughs) How has the experience of motherhood remained consistent over the centuries while adolescence is distressing? Uh, This storyline actually causes us to have some uncomfortable questions about the Bible, Uh, uncomfortable questions about the story, like how in the world does it take you a full day to realize that your child is missing when you're on a five-day trip afoot? Like, how come you didn't know that he was missing within 20 minutes of that trip? I mean, have you, have you ever read the scriptures and, and with like a, you know, like a, like a, like a magnifying glass mind and, and ask questions of the scriptures like, wait a second, it took you a full day to realize your kid wasn't with you? And you're walking, 65-mile trip, don't you think you should check in like every hour, every two hours, you know, something of that nature? Why and how is this possible? Now, I think contextually to understand some things would be very important. In those days when you traveled, you didn't just travel in, in, in a small group, but you traveled in a large group. 
When I talk about a large group, I'm not talking about 25 to 50 people. We're talking hundreds, even thousands of people caravanning together. And the reason they would do that is because you need to be careful that you're not ambushed on these long treks, 65 miles, 90 miles, uh, treacherous terrain. You can be ambushed by people who want to rob you and whatnot. If you travel in large groups, then you're not susceptible to that because your group is probably larger than whatever's going to ambush you. Does that make sense? And so they're very used to traveling in large groups together. All right, and so, and the fact that this one little detail is shared that Jesus is now 12 years old, just like you, probably, if you're doing your job well as a parent, you release a little bit more as they get older, right? You give the leash gets a little longer, right? You say, all right, I'm going to give you a little bit more responsibility. All right, I'm going to give you a little bit more freedom and see how you do. And, and that way, when they get to be 18 years old, you can give them full-fledged freedom. It's not like a shock to them, like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm free, you know. Uh, you, you, you give them a little bit more. So when they're 12 years old, you're giving them more responsibility, you give them more space. You, you cross-reference that with the fact that in that culture, 12 years old was the demarcation line to become an adult. It's not like us today where you got to wait till like you're 25 to 35 years old, have a good paying job, and you know, no, 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 that, those days, 12 years old, here's your wife, make it happen. That's, that's what it was in, in New Testament times, and so Jesus at this point has crossed over the adolescent period. He's now gone from boyhood to manhood. It'd be, it makes sense to give him a lot more space now, we're traveling with hundreds of our associates, neighbors, uh, uh, aunties, uncles, extended family, close family. Everybody's traveling together, and so it makes sense. Uh, about nighttime, we'll check in together, and sure enough, they find out he's not there. Nobody's seen him. They've already walked a day's worth out of Jerusalem. They've got to walk a day's back, and now there's a day's looking for him. There's now three days where he's been missing. Three days. Now, I want to ask you a question. If you... Uh, were separated by your 12-year-old child for three days, what do you think they would be doing when you got back? Like, how would they respond? One time, I got separated by my son for about 25 minutes. I thought he was going to hit me. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and, and what, how? Uh, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you left me. You know, you know what would be going on in their mind? How would they respond to this? How would they be emotionally taking this? And cross-reference that to how Jesus was handling this. I remember as a youth pastor, this is probably not one of my greater um, stories as a youth pastor, but um, I was driving a 15-passenger van, and we were like in the middle of the podunk of the desert of like um, uh, central California, and we had stopped at a gas station. A couple kids needed to use the restroom. We got some, some refreshments, and we got back in the car, and I started driving away. And about 10 minutes into it, I started looking in the rearview mirror going, one, two, three, four. Oh, my gosh, I think I forgot one. And so I turned around, went back to the gas station, and I found this kid sitting on the curb, and I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I, I'm, 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 like I might have scarred them for their whole lives, you know? And so I go and I sit down next to the curb next to them. I go, man, I'm so sorry, I forgot you. And he looked up at me and he said, Big Dave, it's okay. I knew you would never forget me. I knew you'd come back. Now this is before the day of cell phones and before you could call anybody, you know? And I was like, good job, son. Let's keep this between me and you. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. I went and told the parents. I didn't want them to find out any other way. But, I, you know, how would you react if you were, I mean, that was 15 minutes, you know, not even 10 months. This is three days. Three days. And they go back, and they find Jesus going to seminary. He's like, I'm not worried about how I'm going to eat, where I'm going to sleep. I'm just going to seminary. He's going there, and he's talking to the teachers of the law. And the amazing thing in the culture of that day, usually you would sit down as a pupil underneath a rabbi, and you would just, you're kneeling before him because you're learning before him. You're just taking everything he has to say. But here's the opposite. 
the, the rabbis are sitting next to him listening to his questions and his answers and his understanding. They're marveled, astonished at how much he knows. Here the pupil has become the rabbi, and the rabbi has become the pupil. And ironically enough, as the teacher of the laws were amazed and astonished at his understanding, his parents were astonished, but for a different reason. They're astonished that he would treat them the way that he did. How has the experience of motherhood remained consistent over the centuries? Well, number one, adolescence can be distressing. Number two, adolescence can be surprising too. Adolescence can be surprising. Let's look at verses 49 through 52, and let's look at Jesus' response to his mom. Why would you do this to us? We're looking everywhere for you. We're in distress. And he said to them, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? They did not understand him saying that he spoke what he spoke to them. And he went down with them and he came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. So after that little outburst, he submits to them and he goes back to Nazareth. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. There it is again. She treasured this moment with her son. Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and the favor of God and man. Something about this had God's favor on it, believe it or not. We can't find you. You didn't communicate. And to my surprise, you don't give us an excuse or apologize. You say, didn't you know I'd be at my father's house? How could you possibly not know that I'd be here? You ever had that moment with your child where they have like a little adolescent moment? You're like, this is great. They're woofing. They're, 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 they're becoming uh, individualistic. They're, they're growing up, and I'm going to knock him out if he says one more thing. You know, that kind of, you know, I, and it's, it's like this kind of moment where he's, he's posturing up. Have you ever asked questions of the scriptures sometimes? Like, why is it okay for Jesus to disrespect his parents? Not communicate his whereabouts to his parents. Not honor his parents in his response to their questioning. Have you ever thought about questions? Like, I ever read this story and go, hey, there's something wrong with this story. You go, well, it's just he's having, he's having an adolescent moment. Well, wait a second. He's God. He's not allowed to have adolescent moments in the sense that he would sin. He can't sin. If he sins, he's not God. So even in this endeavor, he must not be sinning. And then to top it all off, his mom doesn't get upset. She doesn't yell him. She doesn't ground him. She treasures it in her heart, what just happened. Like back when the shepherds came and said, your son's going to be the Savior, Christ, the Lord. She treasured that in her heart. She hit the record button in her mind, remembered her emotions. I don't want to forget this moment. She did that again in response to him, mouthing off. Like, why is this okay? What about this story makes sense? I think... If we understood some things contextually, again, it'll help us understand this. Now, if you're in a growth group, this is a good time to take notes because I'm sure there'll be a question on this. Remember, they're going from Nazareth to Jerusalem. They're walking 65 to 95 miles, depending on which, which road they take. All by foot. Once they get there, they're going to go to the temple. When they go to the temple, they're going to celebrate the Passover. When they celebrate the Passover, they're going to first head into the court of Gentiles. The court of Gentiles is the place that anybody can come. You could be Muslim, you can get in there. You could be Jehovah's Witness, you could be Catholic. Doesn't matter. Anybody's welcome to come to the court of Gentiles. It's for you to see how to worship God. It's, it's for you, for the world to see how we worship God truthfully. 
This is why Jesus gets so upset later on in his adult life when he walks in the court of Gentiles and they turn his father's house into a den of robbers and they're, they're, they're surcharging on the ability to worship God. They're, they, they, they're, instead of this place where the outsiders would come in and go, oh, this is how you worship God, they're watching people monetize religion. And so he flips all the tables and he makes a whip and he drives them out because the court of Gentiles wasn't being used for what it was purpose for, to show people how to connect to God. So they'd walk through the court of Gentiles, walk right through that court, and then they go to the court of women. This, for her whole life, Mary has never gone further than the court of women. This is a place where only Jews could go in, no Gentiles were allowed, and women, this was your last court that you could go into. And so Jesus, for 11 some odd years, has been walking through the court of Gentiles, into the court of women, hanging out with his mom. Right there, until he becomes an adult, he has to stay right there with the court of women. But their father, Joseph, would walk into the court of Israel. And when he walked in the court of Israel, he would have a lamb that would be an unblemished lamb that he would go, that would slit the throat, the heart would pump into a basin, all the blood. They would take the corpse, they would put it on the altar, and they would sacrifice it to God. And at the very end of that, they would take this, uh, the the priest and, and, and the representative of the father of the family would take the blood and they would throw it over the sacrifice and placed on the blood of the lamb were your sins forgiven for another year. That's the whole reason they made the trek to Jerusalem. And so Joseph is representing his family as the father of the family and giving this sacrifice as the father of the family for the entire family. And then they would go home and they'd walk home again. But Jesus doesn't make the trek. Why wouldn't he make the trek? You see, what's different about this time than was different than all the 11 other times when he was a child? For all those years, he's been hanging out in the court of women, and this year he was able to go into the court of Israel. And what did he see in the court of Israel? The sacrificing of the lamb, the blood in the basin, the sacrifice and then throwing the blood. And based on the blood of the lamb, so are your sins forgiven another year. And he sits there and the, the story comes back to his mind about what the shepherd says. He is a savior, the, uh, the, 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 the lamb of God who is Christ and Lord. This is what I'm here to do. I'm ready for my assignment. I'm ready to jump on board. Why wouldn't you think I'd be here? After what I just saw. You guys have been talking about it for years. I just walked in and saw a lamb slaughter. I'm the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Of course I'd be here. And she takes those words and she treasures them in her heart. Just like she treasured them in her heart when she heard those shepherds say what they would say about her. The journey of motherhood is interesting because while it's distressing, there's also some surprising points. While there's difficulty at times, there's also some amazing growth periods at times as well where you sit back and go, wow, look at this child flourish. From infancy to adolescence to adulthood in a sense, we find that the motherhood journey is both externally challenging and yet internally rewarding. That's what Mary experienced. In fact, that's our big idea. The motherhood journey is both externally challenging and yet internally rewarding. Externally challenging. I mean, some of you guys have friends who truly believe their kids can do no wrong. I mean, you're thinking of them right now. Jesus, as a kid, could truly do no wrong. Like, imagine raising a kid who never sins. You have to go back to them and apologize all the time. I'm so sorry for the way I handled that. Didn't handle that correctly. It's okay, I forgive you. I mean, it's like, like this, is, this is her, you're talking about externally challenging. Even when you challenge him, you're wrong. 
like in this story. And yet internally rewarding, like after all the ridicule and all the claims of illegitimacy, he becomes the savior of the world. And after he takes care of everybody's sin on the earth, he does one more thing before he dies. He looks at his mom and he says, woman, behold your son. He's talking about John. And you, behold your mother. I have one more responsibility to take over before I leave this earth, and that's to make sure that my mom's taken care of. I've taken care of the sin of the world. Let me take care of one last physical bond that I need to take care of. That's my mother. We believe Joseph to have been passed away at that point. The motherhood journey is both externally challenging and yet internally rewarding. And you women, I've got to tell you, God has created you with such a pivotal role in the family. As much as it gets demonized or, or undervalued, I won't do that. It's such a pivotal role in the family. I remember, some of you guys know, I have a, my oldest daughter is 17 years old. She just turned 17 in April. She's a beautiful young lady, loves God. I'm just so happy and pleased and proud of her. But you might not know that the journey that started with her was a little difficult. Um, Meredith, uh, we found out in later years, wasn't able to take a child to full-term pregnancy. Um, we didn't know it at the time. Uh, we knew there was complications. We didn't know what the complications were. But her anatomy was such that unless there is extreme medical intervention, you can't keep a baby full-term. And even when there is that medical intervention, that baby still comes early. And so we were in the hospital at the ER at about seven months thinking, okay, this is our 10th time doing this, we got used to this, let's go to, you know, where are we gonna go to dinner afterwards? And when they came to us and said, um, actually your baby's coming in 24 to 48 hours. I'm like, oh no, 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 um, actually it's not um, because she's only seven months and so that wouldn't be good for the baby to be out at this point. Uh, we just had an ultrasound last week that said the baby was like two pounds. Uh, we don't think that's a good idea. So why don't you keep her in? Like, no, 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 you don't understand. The baby's coming whether you like it or not and we need the baby to come because the baby's not gonna make it in there. A little bit different plans than we had for sure then we were expecting, call the family, emergency, pray, trying to deal with our own shock. As the events would continue to unfold, um, and before my wife was in extreme active labor, we noticed the hospital staff coming to her and letting her know her options. You see, there are no guarantees of the child coming this early. There's all this laundry list of possibilities that were listing out one after another, these life-threatening possibilities, all these things. And, and then my wife realized that they were, what they were doing. They were going to ask her to sign away her right to terminate the pregnancy. And the reason they were going through the laundry list of different possibilities and different abnormalities that could be there was almost to convince her of what she should do in that scenario. But then the mama bear came out. And she said to them in unequivocal terms, you will do whatever you need to do to deliver my baby girl, and you can stop sharing with me the options that I might have. I could care less what might be wrong with my baby girl. You are gonna deliver this baby, and I would just tell you that I probably made that a little church friendly. There's something that happens in that gestation period in the womb that bonds you ladies to those babies. It's more than physical, it's mystical, it's spiritual, it's soul binding at its core. And it causes that mama bear to come out when anything threatening happening to your cubs. And we thank you for it. 
because we're all a byproduct of it. Motherhood journey is both externally challenging and yet internally rewarding. Why don't you bow your heads, close your eyes together. As you contemplate the woman who brought you into this world, as you contemplate the children that you've raised in this world, as you contemplate the honor that you would want them to feel today, would you just give God glory for what he's given you? I know there's some of us in the room that wish we could honor our moms today and yet thankful that we can honor our wives for the mothers that they are. I pray that today would be a day where all mothers in our church would feel honored, appropriately honored, not minimized, not devalued for their roles, but honored. And I pray, Father, that you be glorified in it. You gave us the wonderful example of Mary having gone through raising a perfect child and the challenges that came with that. And there were still distresses, distressing moments in adolescence, just like we experienced. And yet surprising moments too, where you see them grow up and do wonderful. I pray that our mothers would leave today feeling the honor of having part in that journey. I pray they know that they're loved by us, by their close family and by their extended family in this church. And I pray that this would be a wonderful day, a great day of blessing for all the mothers and women in our church. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor David, for that message. If you're a guest with us today and maybe you have some questions about what it means to be a Christian or follow Christ, uh, you might have came here to sit with your mom because you wanted you to or something like that. Um, or maybe you're just a little bit skeptical about Christianity. Yeah, so I want to say thanks for coming and being here with us. And I just want to let you know this is a great place to come and explore the claims of Christ. And if you have any questions along in that journey, um, we'd love to partner with you and help answer those questions. We have people on the welcome counter on the left-hand side. I'd love to talk to you this morning. And if you're joining us online, you can go to campcc.net and click on Next Steps. And there's a form you can fill out there, and one of our pastors will get back to you. Maybe you're here and God's moving in your heart and you're like ready to commit to him. Um, you can go to those two places as well and we'd love to walk with you through that journey. We're gonna give back to God now. There's three ways to participate in giving. Uh, online, uh, you can give in the, there's an offering box in the lobby or via text by texting any amount you wanna to donate to 84321. Um, all of the ministry you see here is supported by your tithes and offerings through the God's people. We don't receive grants or government checks or anything like that. It's all through your faithful donations. And it enables us. What's on the other side of that donations is, is gives us the ability to continue the ministries we're doing here, our youth ministries, our children's ministries, um, the adult services on Sundays. And we're supporting missionaries that are going throughout the world. Um, I want to bring up real quick before we go the Zoe initiative. We're, that van on the patio that you saw when you came in, that was on, that's on loan from Oxnard Mazda. Our hope is to be able to buy that van at, by the end of this month for Zoe. Um, they're going to use it in their home they have for rehabilitating minors who were in sex trafficking. Right? And then they're going to use this van to give them like a normal day in their life, to be able to take them to get their nails done to be able to take them out to coffee, to be able to help give them their childhood back. Um, our church has this awesome opportunity to be a part of that by providing for a practical need. 
Um, and if you want to do that, you can give by just writing on your check, Zoe in the memo line, or if you're online in the drop-down menu, you can choose Zoe as well um, to give towards that van. We raised, and just we just barely mentioned it last week, and last weekend we raised $13,000. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, that's the good news. Um, and we only have uh, 23,000 more to go. So, <laughs> and I believe that God's already given the money. Um, the way he does it, though, is he gives it to you. <laughs> um, so just pray about how you might be involved in, in providing this van for Zoe. All right, check out this video, what's coming up next at CamCC. Hi, CamCC. I'm Carolyn Hart, and I serve in our Awana ministry. And I'm so grateful to be part of our church family here at CamCC. If it is your first, second, or third time as a guest, we have some gifts for you to thank you for checking us out. We want to put a face to your name. So please go to the welcome counter in the lobby with your connection card. And if you're watching us online, go to camcc.net slash next steps. Check out what's coming up at CamCC. The month of May, Zoe Initiative, reaching and rescuing trafficked children. The month of May, we are partnering with Zoe, a nonprofit organization that fights against human trafficking. Ways for you to get involved would be one, join our 24-hour prayer time. Sign up for a slot on the patio. Two, donate $10 coffee and fast food gift cards to the advocate team that meets with these girls. And number three, donate to purchase a van for Zoe. This is a huge need for them right now. Monday, May 9th, CAMCC Blood Drive, 12.30 to 5.30 p.m. Help save a life by donating blood at CAMCC in the activity center to help our local hospitals. Friday, May 27th through Monday, May 30th, Family Camp at Sage Hill in Santa Barbara. Enjoy the outdoors, camping, hiking, fishing, and family games. If you can't make the whole weekend, that's okay. Just come up for the day. Also enjoy a Saturday potluck dinner followed by our weekend gathering as we will not be gathering on campus May 29th. Join us May 28th at the camp for our gathering or watch Sunday, May 29th, only online. Sunday, June 12th, Baptism Sunday. Take the next step in your faith by publicly declaring Jesus the Savior and Lord of your life. We will have baptisms for both gatherings. To sign up or if you have questions, please go to camcc.net slash next steps or email daryl at camcc.net. We will provide everything you need. Tuesday, June 14th, Worship Night. Come join us for a dynamic night of worship, prayer, and scripture. Invite your friends and family to join you from 7 to 8 p.m. And it's going to be a powerful evening. Tuesday, June 14th, PJs and popcorn. Kids birth all the way up through third grade. Come in your pajamas for a praise party kid style and all-you-can-eat popcorn while your parents are at worship night. For more information, please check out our website at camcc.net. Important dates coming up, so make sure and save the date and check out upcoming events at camcc.net. High School Fridays on Camp, June 19th through 24th. Middle School Catalina Trip, August 5th through 8th. To stay in the loop at what's going on at CamCC, follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, or subscribe to our YouTube channel. For more information on any of these events, go to camcc.net. That message, I think, was the most profound Mother's Day message I've heard in a long time. And I know none of you guys are raising Jesus. I mean, I work with your kids. I do love them. But, um... But you do, as mothers, have an important role to play. You're raising young people who are going to follow Jesus, who are going to chase after him and tell the world about him. So you do have an important role, just like Mary. 
Um, remember, if it is your first, second, or third time here, go to the welcome counter and get one of your gifts. We're excited to meet you guys. And if you're watching online, go to kmcc.net slash next step so we can get to know you a little better. Remember to check out our Zoe initiative table on the patio. Feel free to ask them tons of questions and invite someone to join you next Sunday. Happy Mother's Day.